You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 199, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Vaughn Worsley with you here today. My voice is a little crazy <laughs> because it's early in the morning and I have not had tea and my voice is going to be what it is. So if I sound a little different, it's not because I have a cold. It is because it is early. I have just woken up not too long ago. And so my voice is going to sound not like it normally does. So it is what it is. <coughs> Excuse me. But I do have stuff that needs to be said and things that we need to talk about on She Runs the Show. So I'm going to take a sip of water and then we are going to begin on episode 199. Which, by the way, I have moved away from plastic water bottles, really for fertility reasons. I'd love to tell you it was for the environment and to save the environment, but it's not. It's for fertility reasons. And I am drinking out of this. I'm not going to give you the the brand because they're not paying me. Um, But I'm drinking out of this big 64-ounce steel jug thing. And I have to be honest with you, I hate it. I hate this jug. I hate lugging it around. I have to travel this week. I don't know how I'm going to get all my water in because I've, I've made commitment to my fertility to not be using, to use as little plastic as possible. And I don't really know what I'm going to do about my water this week as I travel, but this jug does not, it does not please me. It does not please me. And I've not been getting my water in all week because I've used it. I've used this jug as an excuse, which I'm working on fixing. Cause at the end of the day, as much as I don't like carrying on this big 64 ounce steel metal jug thing, it's still an excuse for me not to get my water in. I don't even know why I went on that tangent, but I'm just sharing that. Like I'm looking at this big black, uh, steel metal water holder jug thing. And I'm thinking, I just don't like it. And yet it's what I've got to do. It's what I've got to do. It relates to business if you think about it, because there are lots of things in business that we don't like, uh, you know, I, that we don't like and we still got to do it, right? Still got to do it. I love recording. She runs the show episodes. I am not so much in love with the post-production of the episodes, but you know what? It's still got to get done. So if you're dealing with anything in your business today, this week, next month, whatever, that you just say to yourself, I really hate to put in my receipts. I really hate to do the accounting. I hate to do QuickBooks. Guess what? Still got to get done. So suck it up and deal. There we go. Uh, that was my get it together talk for this episode. Let's get to the episode though. I want to talk about something that I think a lot of, a lot of things you're going to hear from entrepreneurial realms about this, get it all twisted and all wrong. And so I want to use this episode, although I've talked about this topic many times before on a number of older She Runs the Show episodes, I want to take the time to really talk about failure. I want to talk about failure because I think, especially if you are an entrepreneur who's gone through higher education, so you've gone to college, you've gone to grad school, maybe you have a PhD, law school, med school, um... We're so used to, for those of us who've gone through higher education, we're so used to the system where, okay, if I do the work and I put in the time and I study really hard and I get the grades, I'm going to win, right? School is pretty basic. 
if you do the work and you put in the time and you produce the test results that they're asking you for, whether they actually relate to your profession or not is questionable. But if you do the things that they tell you to do, you fall in line, you follow in step, you put in the time, you pass the test, you submit the work, you get the grades, you're going to graduate. Like there's, there are no curveballs. As much as people want to say there are curveballs to college and grad school and med school and law school, there really aren't curveballs. It's real. I mean, it is completely and entirely within your hands to laser in and focus in and do what is asked of you so you can meet their minimum requirements. Mind you, they are minimum requirements. Notice that in college and grad school, there are no maximum requirements. It's not like you can go to 200%. You're required to do certain things. And when you do the certain things, you meet the requirements, you get the degree. So for those of us who are used to that kind of training and that kind of lifestyle, I think entrepreneurship throws us for, throws us for a curve. And I think the reason that entrepreneurship throws us for a curve is because entrepreneurship doesn't have a definite recipe. I know there are lots of entrepreneurs out there who want to sell you really expensive programs, who want to tell you that there is an exact recipe to your success. And trust me, I've bought some of those programs. I use some of those programs because their strategies do work. But it's still not like college. It's still not like grad school. It's still not, okay, I do everything that so-and-so told me to do, and I'm definitely going to make $500,000 this year. That's not how entrepreneurship works. And so for those of us who really want a definite plan and we want guarantees and we want to feel like, okay, if I do everything in my power, I'm going to win. For those of us who feel that way, and then we get to a space in our business, and let me just tell you in advance, you're going to get to lots of spaces in your business where you fail and fail and fail and fail and and you just feel like you are failing. I mean, not even for a week or a month, but like for years and seasons. And it's like, I'm doing everything I know how to do. What is going on here? Welcome to business. I mean, let me start, let me start there. Welcome to business. You're going to, that's going to happen throughout your lifetime experience of entrepreneurship. And in fact, the bigger you go, the bigger you go in business, when you do fail, even if the failures are fewer and far between, the bigger you rise in business, the deeper the failures are going to go. So you have to know one thing about being in business. Failure is your, is your master classroom. Success is not. And I've said this on episodes before, and I really want people to hear me. Failure is not your ma- fail. Six, listen, success is cute and success feels really good for about five seconds. Really good. About five seconds. And then you, you wake up out of the, you know, like the hangover of success and you go, okay, well, what's next? What's, what am I going to do next? Right? You build a certain level of business and the money feels really great for about five seconds. You go, well, what am I going to, how am I going to grow my revenue next? There's always the, how am I going to get to the next mountaintop with success? So success doesn't teach you anything. It is the culmination of everything that you've learned that takes you to success. What teaches you, what really shapes you and transforms you is not success. It's actually failure. Failure is the master teacher. So now, that's why today's episode is called Failure Will Show You Who You Are. 
Because see, everybody's nice when they're winning and everybody is grateful when they're winning and everybody is uh, on fire for their business when they're winning. But when you are losing, not only when you are losing, but, but I'm going to talk about a very specific circumstance in today's episode. When you seem like you can't, you can't catch a break. Like you get two steps forward and only to take five steps back. And then you, you try something else and, and it seems like it's working, but then it doesn't. And then you think, I mean, I could give you tons of examples of failure, but you know what I'm talking about. When you are failing over and over again and you just can't seem to get, I won't call it a glass ceiling because I'm not talking about gender stuff or, or, you know, like limits, but you just, you feel like no matter how much you do or how hard you work, you just can't seem to get to whatever you're saying is your next level for you. Know that that is a spiritual classroom that is literally going to level you up in ways you just, you can't even see right now. So the first thing to understand is failure is not ever a bad thing ever. It, it is a powerful, game-changing, leveling-up classroom that you were meant to be in, and in fact, that you will be in again and again and again. And listen, it doesn't feel good, so let's not get it twisted. Just because failure's your master teacher doesn't mean it feels good to be in that classroom. It never feels good to be in failure's classroom. And anybody's going to tell you, love when you fail, and, 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 you know, enjoy failing. I don't enjoy failing. I really don't. It sucks. I'm not going to tell you that failure feels good. It does not feel good. It feels pretty horrific at times, depending on how far you fall, how deeply you fail, how much you put into it. Yeah, it sucks, but it's still for you. That's the thing. It's still for you. And so you cannot use failure as the reason why you stop doing the things you need to do in your business. You cannot use failure as the reason why you've backed down from taking more risks and and going bigger. And oftentimes failure is the sign that you need to actually go bigger. So let's actually get into the stuff that I wanted to talk about because that that was just things that my soul needed to say to you about failure. But let's begin. Failure is a powerful teacher. And there are a number of things that failure is going to teach you whether you want to learn them or not. Number one, failure teaches you to ponder and investigate your mindset, your thought processes, and your strategies. Let me say that again. When you fail, um, you, you, you sit for, for a good bit, partially because you're trying to reel from the blow. You're trying to recover from the blow. But partially you sit and you go, what the hell is going on here? Like, what am I missing? What is not working? Why did I fail at this? Why am I not getting the numbers that I want to get? Why am I not getting the conversions that I want to get? Why am I not getting the email subscribers that I want to get? Why am I not getting the listeners that I want to get? When you fail, you really sit with, okay, is this a mindset issue? How am I thinking and looking at these things? What are the, you really go in deep and you ponder and investigate. What are you doing that is contributing to the failure? Failure also teaches you to expect to fail while also expecting to win. Here's where a lot of entrepreneur teachers, I'll call them teachers, coaches, consultants, this is where they get it wrong. A lot of people teach this whole idea of, <clears throat> and, and, and I think the, the core of it is very true. Winners win. 
right? I've heard this many times. I totally agree with this. Winners win. I think I've said this on an episode or two. Winners win. But when they teach that concept that winners win, they almost make it sound like winners who win never lose. And that is not the truth at all. It, there's a, there's this little like dichotomy about failure, right? Because failure teaches you that you gotta expect to fail. You have to you have to expect that anytime you are leveling up your life and you're going from one level to the next, you're going higher and higher and higher, you need to expect that you are going to have some pretty awesome, amazing fall on your face, everybody watching you in the arena getting your ass kicked moments. And they're not going to go away because you make a certain amount of revenue in your business. They're going to get bigger. So on the one hand, failure teaches you that you got to expect that it is going to show up to teach you at moments when you least expect it to show up for you. And at the same time that you're expecting to have failures, you're also expecting to win despite the failures. Do you see the oxymoron in that? Failure teaches you, I'm coming for you, and you won't always know when I'm coming for you, but I am coming to teach you. And at the same time, part of the reason why I'm coming at moments when you least expect it is because I want to show you how to know you're a winner who wins even as you fail. So even in, in, in the midst of a failure you didn't see coming, you still have to say to yourself, winners win and I'm a winner. And so I'm not leaving this classroom till I win, till I turn this thing around. So it's a very delicate balance because failure teaches you to expect to fail while also expecting to win. You never give up the concept of you seeing yourself as somebody who at the end of the day, no matter how long it takes to recover from failure, you're going to win. Failure also teaches you that while you are unstoppable, you are not infallible. And most people don't even know the difference between the two. Can we sit there for a second? Yes. When you are the queen or king of your, like when you are building your kingdom, I'm talking about your business here. When you're building your kingdom and you are sitting on your throne, you are the queen or king. And I'm going to talk to, to my women entrepreneurs because we seem to have a harder time with this than men do. Let's just be honest. When you're a queen sitting on the throne, you don't question whether or not you were meant to rule. You fix your crown. You sit on your throne. And, and I just did an episode called Put Your Crown Back On. If you didn't listen to the episode, you need to go back to it. I don't even know what number it is, but it's a few episodes ago. Put Your Crown Back On. When you are a queen on her throne, you don't ask one of your servants, do you have the right to wear the crown? You don't ask the people in the streets, do you have the right to sit on the throne? You are unstoppable because you are the queen of your kingdom. Your kingdom is your business. So if you don't have a belief that you're unstoppable in business, I'm going to tell you, we need to just go to the mindset of that and we need to fix that because you need, you, you can't be the queen on the throne of your business kingdom without believing that you're unstoppable. However, 
Unstoppable and infallible are not the same things. The queen knows that her kingdom is hers. That doesn't mean she can't be dethroned if she's not paying attention to who her enemies are. Do you get what I'm saying? So just because you're unstoppable, just because you're going to find a way to win, just because you're going to be here until you win, does not mean that you are not infallible. And most people think they're infallible while also secretly believing that they're not unstoppable. And that's what get, that's how failure gets into their beingness. That's how failure becomes not simply what they're experiencing, but to them it becomes who they are. And let me tell you what, when you make failure mean something about who you are, that's when you lose. Failure is not who you are. Failure is what has happened in this moment. It is the classroom that you're in. It is never your beingness. Let's just get clear. But failure teaches you that while you are unstoppable, you are not infallible. And so there is a level of vigilance and a level of constant looking for uh, bottlenecks and loopholes and uh, weaknesses that you always need to be, you know, situationally aware about because you're not infallible. And your weaknesses, your Achilles heel, the Trojan horse, you know, from Greek mythology, if you're not careful and you're not paying close attention and looking for those things, you will figure out pretty quick that while you will rise again because you are unstoppable, you weren't situationally aware enough to pay attention to the things that were coming for you, which makes you not infallible. Most people don't get the difference. Unstoppable and infallible are not the same things. While you are unstoppable, you are not infallible, and most people don't know the difference, and the failure comes to teach you the difference. Failure teaches you, and this is a big one. I, let, let, can we just get clear for a minute? Failure teaches you who your true friends are. In other words, and I don't mean just friends, I'm talking family too. Listen, you know, overcomingfearbooks.com. I just published a book not too long ago called, let me give you, the, I'll give you the exact words in the title. It's called The Haters Aren't Who You Think They Are, 27 Ways to Handle Family Who Don't Clap When You Win. And you can get that book at tinyurl.com forward slash 27, the 27 ways book. That's tinyurl.com forward slash 27 ways book. Or you can go to overcomingfearbooks.com and scroll through all my books and you can find that book. But I had to write the haters aren't who you think they are. 27 ways to handle family who don't clap when you win. You know why? Because when you fail, you need to pay close attention to the people who are snickering behind your back, who are, who are, who are making some popcorn in the microwave and metaphorically taking a front seat to the arena of your losing, who are just, who just like they are foaming at the mouth to see you fail. Because when you fail, you will know who your true friends are, including folks in your family. And let me just be very clear with you about this. You will never know that if all you do is win. And you need to know who you're, you need to know who's ride or die for you. You need to know who actually has your back. You know why you need to know that? Because if all you do is win and if all you do is succeed, when you finally do fall, because like I said at the beginning of this episode, you will fall throughout your entire life. So don't think that it ends at 20 or 30 or 50. There will be failures no matter how you look at it throughout your entire life spectrum. If you don't fail fast enough, early enough, you will spend a lot of years believing that people have your back and then you will go through something like a divorce or 
uh, losing all your money, bankruptcy, foreclosure, having to close down your business. And all of a sudden, the people you thought really loved you for you and really respected you for you and would be there whether, whether you were riding, whether you were driving a BMW or you were riding the bus, you will figure out real fast when you fail that they never even had your back to the begin with. That opportunity dictated their loyalty and that they were only around you because of the stuff they could get from you. Do not try to uh, play small in your business world so you can win, win, win. So you never actually find out who's actually for you, who's actually loyal to you because failure will teach you. It will show you with crystal clarity who your true friends are. Failure will also teach you uh, who you know yourself to be apart from any external validation you get. You know what? This is the whole thing with us higher education people, people who have graduated from college and whatnot. We get so accustomed to the external clapping of others. We get so accustomed to putting on the cap and the gown and the, and the hood if you get your master's and the stripes if you're a JD, MD, PhD. We are so accustomed to the external validation of uh, stuff, right? This, this, this piece of paper on the wall, this degree tells me I'm enough. No, it's a piece of paper on the wall. Hate to tell you, piece of paper. Um, well, the fact that I'm, you know, so-and-so, comma, Esquire, which is the JD, right? The lawyer. I'm a lawyer, so that means, you know, I love, what is it, TMZ? I can't remember the guy's name right now. But the guy in TMZ, at the end of every TMZ credit, he goes, I'm a lawyer, right? I mean, there's people still think that being a JD means, you know, you're the bomb.com. And I'm not saying you're not the bomb.com. I'm going to get a JD very shortly. So I'm not saying you're... I certainly will let the world know once I have my JD and I pass the bar that I'm a JD. But a JD, an MD, a PhD, an MBA, that is external validation that doesn't really tell you who you are. You know when you're going to find out who you really are? You're going to find out who you really are when you fail. And when you fail so hard that you didn't even know you could fail that hard that fast, and when your face is in the dirt and your knees are scraping the ground, and nobody is there to pick you up, that's when you're going to know who you are. And and the reason why it's so important to understand that this is a powerful failure lesson is because it's not so much about the fact that nobody is there to save you and nobody is there to help you when you fail that hard. It's who do you say you are when you've fallen to the ground, you've gotten back up and you look at yourself in the mirror? Who in that moment when you have no external validation, no proof that you can really rise to another level? Who in that, when you look at yourself in the mirror, who are you saying you are to yourself? Are you saying, I don't know how to do this. I can't win. No matter what I try, it doesn't work. This is not working. I'm constantly with, who are you saying to, like, who are you telling yourself you are? Like, get real with that first. Because it really doesn't matter what anybody else is saying. If you are speaking worse to yourself than they are, it just does not matter what they're saying. Who do you know yourself to be? Apart from any external validation you get, when you are at rock bottom, who do you still say you are? That is a lesson that failure will teach you. Now, what do you do when you fail, right? Because a lot of people go, well, this is cute, Cassandra. This is real. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. This is cute. 
But as you said in the beginning of the episode, it sucks to fail and it doesn't feel good to fail. And you, and you do get emotionally gut punched from your failures, especially if they're failure after failure after failure. So let me tell you how I deal with failure. And then I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself when you fail. So real talk here. I hate failure. I, 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 I hate failing and I have failed as some of the most Well, let's, let me just, let me just put it all out there. I have failed at the, at the most important goal of my entire life and it's not even business. I want you to think about that for a second. The one thing in my life that I have wanted more than anything in my life included, including business, I have failed at. I just want you to sit with that because it's one thing to fail at something that you sort of want or you kind of want or one of your top goals in life. It is another thing to fail royally at the most important goal of your life. I failed at the most important goal of my life. Now, am I going to rise from that? Am I going to win in that most important arena? You better believe by the end of my life I am. You better believe it. But currently in this moment, as I speak to you, I have failed at that. So when I tell you how I deal with failure, I want you to get that I'm not talking from a past perspective. I'm talking from a current moment living of an experience. I have failed in the most, the single most important goal of my life. So let me, let's be clear about that. What do I do when I fail? What do, what do I do as I'm failing right now? The first thing I do when I'm, when I, when I'm reeling from a failure or when I'm having consistent failures, I throw a pity party. That's the first thing I do. First thing I do, I have a 24 hour rule. And if you've listened to enough She Runs the Show episodes, you've heard this rule. I give myself 24 hours to cry. I literally give myself 24 hours to cry. I throw the biggest, baddest pity party you've ever seen. I play the victim. I tell my martyr story. I rehash all of the past experiences. I cry my eyes out. And then the next day I say, you know what? All right. You, you had the biggest, baddest pity party ever. You had 24 hours to cry and I get the hell up get the hell up. And then that's what I do. I get the hell up. From that point, what do I do next? I ask myself a lot of questions. I am a coach. So I am really good at asking powerful open-ended questions and I cross-examine myself. Yes, I do. And I ask myself a number of questions. I, I ask myself questions like, okay, what caused the failure? Who was I being when I failed? Who do I need to become? What do I need to do differently? What strategy is not working? Where did I make the wrong turn? What were the signs that showed me to not make that turn that I refused to listen to? I mean, there are lots of questions. I just go in deep on this whole thing of here's, here's, here's the central theme of it because it could be many different questions. So I don't have a recipe of questions that I ask myself when I fail. The key thing that I'm looking for in asking myself questions is I want to, first of all, I'm a firm, I have a firm belief within me that I have all the answers to all the questions I'm ever going to ask. I firmly believe that. I also firmly believe that everything that happens to me, good, bad, or ugly is for me. I also have a very firm belief that my intuition and my inner knowing knew I was taking the wrong path and knew that I was heading for a failure, but I chose not to pay attention to that. And so when I'm asking myself questions, I want to, I want to really retrace my steps. You know, I like to be the detective in this arena 
And I want to really get to the bottom of where I missed the signs and where I missed the boat and why I didn't shift or move differently. I want to get to the bottom of that. So that's, that's where I go. And then from there, once I've really figured out, okay, what was I missing? What was I thinking? What was not working? Was I not being powerful enough? What, what was going on with me? Because I am the center of my universe in terms of what I create. Then I go to, how do I want to show up now? Like if I was showing up too small, which led to me failing, um, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to show up differently? How do I need to, what do I need to do to become the version of me who can not only overcome this failure, but thrive to a level that I could have never thought I would go to without hitting the ground? Who do I need to become? And then I start to take daily massive action, DMA, which you'll hear me say all the time, DMA, and be, and be, and activate. It's not even become. It's activate that version of me so that version of me can show up, take center stage and lead my life to the next level. And again, the person you are today can't take you to the level of business that you want to be in 10 years, but there is a version inside of you that can, and you need to activate that version of you today. So it actually takes you there in 10 years. So questions you need to ask yourself when you fail. Here are some questions to ask yourself. And again, there's no recipe of questions. Uh, you need to start asking some questions that really lead you down the path of going deep. And then other questions will surface and you'll know what to ask next. But let me give you some of those questions to ask when you fail. Question number one, who are you when you fail? Who are you? And this goes back to the knowing who you are. If you see yourself in a, in a drastically different way when you fail than when you win, you've got a self-image, self-worth, self-belief problem. You should see yourself as, you should, you should see yourself as powerfully when you fail as when you win. And if you don't, then that tells me you are basing your self-concept on external validation, which will never last. It will, your external validation will never last. So who are you when you fail? That's one question. How do you see yourself when you experience failure after failure? So it's not even who do you see, who, who are you when you fail once, right? Cause it's easy to still believe that you are the bomb.com when you fail once. But how do you see yourself? Like what's your level of self-respect and self-belief when you are experiencing failure after failure? If it is not strong, if it's not high, you need to fix that. Because you should be the person, I won't even say should, because we shouldn't be shitting all over ourselves. You need to be the person who, if you, if you were going to go through five years or 10 years of failure, you still know who you are and you still know that you win and you still know that winners win and you still know that you're coming out of this winning. Like the failure that I talked about earlier that I've been failing at, that is the, the single most important goal of my life and has been since the age of, I would say three. I've been failing at that probably for 10 years at this point. Yeah, I'm 41, even longer, probably 12 years, I would say. I've been failing at that for 12 years. I want, can, can we sit, can we just talk about it for a second? The most important goal of my life. I have been failing at for 12 straight years, 12 years. I didn't mince words. I didn't say two months. I didn't say 12 months, 12 years. And do you know that I still have a firm belief that I'm going to turn that ship around, that I am going to rise like nobody, 
will ever expect to see. And that by the end of my life, I'm going to achieve that goal in such a massively powerful way that people will literally step back and they'll be like, wow, I cannot believe she turned that ship around. So even as I continue to fail month after month, year after year, going on 12 years right now, I still see myself as the person who wins this one at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I'm winning this. And there are many different ways that I can do that. But guaranteed, one thing I can tell you for sure, by the end of my life, I'm winning this one. So how do you see yourself when you experience failure after failure? Another question to ask yourself, what are you making failure mean? This is a Tony Robbins thing. What are you making this mean? Because you can make this mean that you're not meant to be in business. You're not meant to be successful. You're not meant to make more than a certain amount of money. You're not meant, like, look, I'll give you an example. Infertility. Infertility has been one of the major spiritual classrooms of my life. And every time I go through infertility, currently dealing with that at the moment right now, again, for the second time in a lifetime, every time I go through infertility, I'm like, Damn it. Like, really? Some people get pregnant at the drop of a hat. Some people just blink and they're pregnant. So why is this my issue? I, I do this every time. I did this the last time between baby number one and number two. I got pregnant super easy between baby number two and number three. So there was no infertility to deal with. Uh, and I'm doing it now. And I have to come back in those moments when I'm throwing a little pity party because this is not an easy thing for me. For whatever reason, and it has been easy at moments, baby number one was super easy and baby number three was super easy, number two was not. So it has been easy. You know, I have to say to myself, what the hell am I making this mean exactly? Because I can tell the story of, oh, getting pregnant so hard, but that's actually not true because baby number one and baby number three were easy. It was only baby number two that took four years to get. So... <sighs> What am I making my failure mean? What am I making? Because whatever I'm making it mean, that's, that's the place from which I am operating. That's the place from which I'm building again. That's the place from which I'm drawing my power. So if I'm giving failure and my experience of failure a disempowering meaning, then I can't rise from that. I've got to make failure mean something that empowers me, not something that disempowers me. So ask yourself, what are you making failure mean? Now, Ask yourself this other question. How long does it take you to rebound from failure? You know, it used to take me a lot longer to come back from failure than it does now. Now, because I expect it, but I also expect to win. When I fail, I just go, mm. <laughs> you know, now I just sort of go, like it hurts. I'm not, and it, and it sucks, but I don't reel from failure the way I used to. I don't, I don't sit in the like, oh, you know, I'm never going to be able to, this is so hard. I've never, like, even with the infertility thing, I, this round with it, I'm dealing with it so differently than I did when I went through four years of secondary infertility in my twenties. In my twenties, every single month there was a negative pregnancy test. I was devastated every single month of trying and not getting and trying. And not, I was just, I was just heartbroken. I'm not heartbroken this time around. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I want it any less. In fact, I want children more this time around than I did the last time. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not heartbroken because uh, here's the thing. I'm not making every month of not being pregnant mean that I'm not good enough as a woman, as a, as a wife, as a, I, I don't, I'm not making it mean the things I made it mean in my twenties. Now I'm making it mean, oh, I need to tweak my strategy. 
I need to shift some things. I need to, there are certain things that I still need to do that I know I need to do that will greatly improve my chances of success. And I'm also making it mean that at the end of the day, if I, you know, hit 50 something and menopause and, and I never get pregnant again, that wasn't God's will. So I'm making failure in that situation mean something entirely different than I made it mean when I was in my twenties. And therefore I'm having a excuse me, a totally different experience of it this time around than I did last time. I am not falling to the ground and staying there for days at a time. I'm not, you know, oh, I can't go to baby showers and I can't see other people with babies. I mean, I'm not making it mean any of those things. And part of that is I went through that for four years in my 20s. So I know what that was and I'm unwilling to put myself through something like that again. But part of it is I realized that I've got to make whatever failure I'm experiencing, I've got to give it an empowering meaning for me to be powerful in it, for me to be able to rise above it. So what are you making failure mean? Here's another question. And also, how long does it take you to rebound from failure? I just kind of did both at the same time all over again. Because if it takes you weeks to rebound from a failure, then you're going to lose a lot of time, especially in business, because it's taking you so long to just get back to, to starting point so you can actually do DMA, Daily Massive Action. So how long does it take you to rebound from failure? Next question, what are your strategies? Um, what about your strategies are you changing when failure is consistent and persistent in your business? And I'm going to talk, this is really any goal in life, but in business, if you're not hitting the numbers that you want to hit, you're, there's something you're, you're doing that's not working. And there might be quite a few things that you're doing that's not working. And so often people want to change the goalposts, but they don't actually want to look at the strategies. Don't change the goal. If the goal is to make $500,000 this year until 1231.19 at 1159.59, do not change the goal. But you need to be vigilant about looking at the strategies because if you're not hitting your numbers, the reason you're not hitting your numbers is because something in what you're doing, it goes back to the 80-20 rule and the one thing, something about what you're doing is not working. You are not delivering the right strategies to achieve that goal. Do not change the goal. Look at the strategies. So ask yourself, what about my strategies um, needs to change? When I keep having failure, if I keep having failure, that's telling me that something in my strategic uh, overview is not working for my business. And I need to figure out what that is. It could be branding. It could be marketing. It could be who you're targeting. It, it could be any number of things, but there's something in your strategy that simply is not working and you need to figure out what it is and fix it. Don't change the goal. Change the strategies. That's another Tony Robbins thing, by the way. So then another question to ask yourself when you fail, are you flexing and flowing or getting stuck and holding on? This is a really important thing. You know, it's so easy when, when, when you're failing, especially when you're failing a lot to, to really like get stuck in this. What am I doing wrong? 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 Like holding on to this question of what am I doing wrong? Yes. You got to look at that a little bit, right? You, you got to go, what, what's missing here? But when you are stuck in the, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? You're not going to get great answers from that because you're stuck. You're stuck in the record of, I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Instead, you really have to say to yourself, it's time to flex and flow. Like failure is a part of the game. Like this is, this is, this is what failure is how you get to success. So this is part of my spiritual curriculum. It's part of the journey to business success. 
I got to flex. I got to every time failure hits me, I got to learn how to, you know, bob and weave, bob and weave, jab, jab, hook, right? I have to flex and flow with this. The other question to ask yourself when you fail is, what does it mean to you to win even when you fail? Like when you're failing, guess what? You're winning at certain things too. When you fail, and especially when you fail repeatedly, you're winning at building resilience. You're winning at building grit. You're winning at getting clear about your purpose and what you're in this world to do. When you're, when you're, when you're failing, there's a lot of things that you're also winning at. You're winning at getting clear of who's got your back and who doesn't. You're winning at getting clear of whether this is really the business you want or if you want to do something else. When you fail, you also win. But if you're not focusing on the parts where you're winning and all you're looking at is what you're losing and where you're failing, you know what? You're making it mean the wrong things. And, and then you're going to be disempowered. And then your most powerful self will not show up. And then you will not be able to rise above it because you are stuck in all the areas where you're failing without looking at how is this failure actually helping you to win? So those are just some of the, some of the questions to ask yourself when you fail. Now, I need to sip some water. I don't know. I don't know why my voice is like jacked up this morning, but it so is. This big iron flask thing. I hate it. Anyway, how to keep your mindset strong when failure is making you feel weak. Let's talk about that for a second, because as I said earlier in this episode, failure sucks and it does not feel good. And you're going to feel like a loser at times and you're going to feel very weak. So let's just be clear. It, It comes with the territory of failures classroom. But I want to talk for a minute on how do you keep your mindset strong when failure is making you feel weak? Because you know what? We let, let me be clear. I know I know people like to pretend in the media and stuff that they're winning at everything all of the time. Don't believe anybody who tells you that. Bullshit. Let me have another sip of water because my voice is just like Jack. All right now. Iron I, this steel thing just bugs the shit out of me. Okay. Um do not believe anybody who tells you that they're winning at every single thing. Like they've got the perfect family and the perfect job and all of this money and the perfect business and they're making millions and they're driving a Jaguar. And I, I could go on and on, but there are lots of people who, who pretend on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and please don't pay attention to them because they're lying to you. Here's the reality of every person's life and I don't care who they are. You might be winning in 10 different areas, but I guarantee you there's at least one area where you're, where you're failing because that's just the nature of learning. That's just the nature of your spiritual curriculum. We're not going to be winning all of the time at every single thing. And, and this is where, when you get a college degree or master's degree or PhD or whatever, you, you were, you were basically raised to believe that as long as you follow the plan, you're going to win. So you can win at everything and you can be perfect at everything. No, you fucking can't. So why don't we just for a second, before I even get into how to keep your mindset strong when failure is making you feel weak, let's just for a moment get real with you're going to be failing at something pretty consistently, whether it's a small failure or a big failure, while you're winning at a lot of other things. Failure is is living with you for the rest of your life. So we're just not going to pretend like we're this overachiever perfectionist and we're always winning. You will not always be winning. And the people who want to pretend with you and, and show you on the surface that they're winning at every arena of life, they are lying to you. They might be secretly battling depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, an eating disorder. They might be struggling with their weight, struggling to gain weight, lose weight. They might have a child that's struggling with mental illness. Like you don't know what's going on in anybody's life. So 
just don't believe the hype when people tell you, I'm winning at everything right now. No, everybody, everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about. So let's not even pretend like you're the only one fighting battles because whether people want to lie to you about their battles or not, everybody is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So just feel like you're in great company because we're all failing at something in this very moment, whether we admit it or not, just say. That was a little rant, but I'm, I'm going back to how to keep your mindset strong when failure is making you feel weak. Okay. You got to focus on what failure is teaching you, not how failure is making you feel. Please remember that feelings are fleeting. Please remember that feelings, you cannot run your life based on how you feel because you're not always going to feel good. And this is where DMA, daily massive action, becomes super important. Focus on what failure is teaching you, not how failure is making you feel. Do not let your emotions run your life. Do not do that. You decide how you want to feel and you do the actions that it takes to feel that way, but you do not allow your emotions to run the show. They do not unless you give them the power to do so. So focus on what failure is teaching you, not how failure is making you feel. Number two, remind yourself constantly that your failures do not define you. What you do about your failure does. There's a, here's, here's a distinction. Your failures do not define you. What are you doing about them? That is what will define you. What are you doing to overcome them? What are you doing to get real with them? What are you doing to get to the bottom of them? Your failures do not define you. Do not define you. What you do about your failure does. Remind yourself of that constantly. I mean, every second while you're in a failure, say to yourself, the failure is not what defines me. What I'm doing about it does. What am I doing about it? What am I, what am I doing right now about this failure? The failure will, will never define me, but what I do about it, how long I sit in it, oh yeah, that will define me. So what am I doing about it? Because you completely control what you do about your failure. Know that success is built on failure. You will not get to success without it. I've said this already many times. I'm not going to rehash it. Failure is the pathway to success. If you want to skip failure, then you're also going to skip success. Somebody said something so beautiful. I was watching a motivational video. Let me pull it out. They said, um, if you own your failure, you own your success. Here's the thing. If you don't own your failure, you don't own your success. So you're not going to get to one without the other. Failure is the pathway to success. Here's another way to keep your mindset strong when failure is making you feel weak. This is a spiritual classroom. And learning how to deal with failure now is going to equip you with the ability to handle any amount of failure that comes later. And you will fail forward throughout your entire life, as I've said before. So you need to just get clear with yourself that this is... This is part of your spiritual curriculum. It's a lifetime curriculum. You are not going to graduate one day and never have to go back and do some CUs. This is, failure is in the car with you for the rest of your life. It does not need to be in the driver's seat, but it is in the car, just like fear is, just like self-doubt is. So you might as well learn how to deal with failure now so that you know how to flex and flow when failure shows up again, because it will. You've got to teach yourself over time how to fail forward. Final thing I want to say about this is, you know, there's this quote and I love it because I, I, whenever I think about my own failures, I always think about the Phoenix rising. And if you don't know the story of the Phoenix rising, go look it up. It's a, it's a powerful, I think it's a myth, but, but there's a lot of truth to it. So William C. Hannon said, I no longer feared the darkness. Once I knew the Phoenix in me would rise from the ashes. Let me say that again. I no longer feared the darkness once I knew the phoenix in me would rise from the ashes. And I want to leave you with this question. Do you, do you really believe 
that you are the phoenix who will always rise from the ashes. Are you the phoenix rising? You know, I'm an X-Men fan. And I love um, one X-Men in particular where Dr. Jean Grey, she essentially becomes, you know, there's a new movie that's coming out called The Dark Phoenix, right? That goes over, I guess, Dr. Grey when she was younger. But she, Dr. Grey has these psychic abilities, but then there's also this really dark part of her. There's this fire phoenix rising kind of part of her that she can't control actually so it's not even a phoenix rising so much as it's a a dark phoenix is the right term and i want to ask you a question do you, do you really see yourself especially in moments of repeated failure as the phoenix rising do you understand that the phoenix in the myth is burned to nothing and is reborn out of the ashes of itself do you actually really see yourself that way or do you see yourself as somebody who is constantly being burned to the ground and you have to rebuild yourself but you never quite come back to the level that you were at before so every time you rebuild you're actually a lesser version of who you were the last time you failed see one way works better one way works better I'd rather be the Phoenix rising. And I always see myself that way. I always see, I don't know if cat with nine lives is quite the way to look at it, but I always see myself as the Phoenix rising always, because it's not simply that the Phoenix fell to the ground in this myth. It's that the Phoenix was literally burned to ashes and from the ashes, it was reborn and rose again. That is such a powerful metaphor for life and business. So get real with this. I no longer feared the darkness. Once I knew the phoenix in me would rise from the ashes. That's what I want to say. Failure is such a powerful teacher. Do not dismiss it. Do not get stuck or mired down in it. Remind yourself that failure has come to show you who you are. And you get to decide who that is. Failure will show you who you are every single time, every single time. So do not, um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, you know, throw yourself a pity party. I do for 24 hours straight. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're making failure mean, who you say you are in the midst of failure, and what you choose to do about it next. It's really that simple. Uh, what am I making this mean? Who do I say I am in the midst of it? And what am I going to do next? It, it really boils down to those three things. So at the end of the day, if you're failing right now and you just can't seem to catch a break, you need to say to yourself, what am I making this mean? Who do I know myself to be in the midst of it? What am I going to do about this now? And then you need to handle your business. You need to fix that. And you can and you will, but it's going to be based on what you're making it mean and who you say you are in the midst of it. It really will be. What you do next will be based on those first two. So figure that out. Figure that out. And then... Listen, if you're dealing with family members who don't clap when you win, if you know people who are dealing with family members who don't clap when they win, send them to my latest book, The Haters Aren't Who You Think They Are, 27 Ways to Handle Family Who Don't Clap When You Win. Again, you can get it at tinyurl.com forward slash 27 ways book, and that's 27 in the 27 ways book, or you can go to overcomingfearbooks.com and scroll and find it. But at the end of the day, uh, I will say one more thing about failure. When you are failing repeatedly, especially, you really need to be very careful of who's in your circle and you need to keep anybody out who doesn't clap when you win until you have 
become the phoenix that rose from the ashes. People who really want to see you fail, people who are critical of your success, but also use your failures to remind you why you can't make it to where you say you want to go. Um, you need to completely, what is the word? You need, isolate's not the right word, but I'll use it because I can't think of the other word. Um, you need to quarantine yourself from those kinds of people. Quarantine is the word I was looking for. You need to quarantine yourself from those kinds of people. When you are in the midst of failure after failure, you've got to get your mindset very strong, but you're also feeling certain emotions, which can make you feel very weak. And when you're feeling weak in that way, any little thing from people who are unsupportive is going to be detrimental to you. And so it's like somebody who has immune system issues and they quarantine, they get quarantined in a hospital because they can't be around other people's immune systems because any little thing could make them really ill. It's the same thing when you're in the midst of failure after failure. You really need to be super protective of your energy and of your life. And so people that you could put up with when you are not in a pattern of failure, you cannot put up, up with while you're trying to rebuild yourself after failure. So I say that because in the book, I talk about really how to handle those people. And some of the strategies are you need to separate yourself from those people. And I'm just letting you know, you don't have to read the book to get this. When you're in a, a pattern of failure, anybody who is even slightly toxic to you, anybody who is critical of you, anybody who doesn't clap when you win, anybody who's kind of jealous of you, especially jealousy, that's a whole other episode, I won't even touch it today, especially people who are jealous of your success, you need to quarantine yourself. Yes, I said that. Quarantine yourself from them until you are, you, you are the phoenix who is rose from the ashes. Quarantine. That's a very serious, extreme word. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. Uh, thank you for listening. Please share this episode with somebody you know who needs to hear it, even if they're not an entrepreneur, even if if they're going through patterns of failures. Like I said, my, my number one most important goal in life, I've been failing at for 12 years and it has nothing to do with business. So if you know anybody who's currently failing at some arena of life and they're really down on themselves about it, please share this episode with them. They need it. They need it right now. So please share it with them. All right, everybody, I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.